Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. It's a new season, whether that be fall or spring, you might be suffering from allergies. Yes, the change of this season often also brings with it allergies like hay fever. But when your body's responding to such an allergy, what's actually going on? And are there any better treatments to it? Also, is there actually something interesting or beneficial about our body's response to it? Plus, another thing that can lead to all kinds of problems for travellers, cutting down on that travelling diarrhoea. The changing of the seasons, whether it be fall, if you're in the northern hemisphere, or in the southern hemisphere, like here in Australia, you're entering spring means a lot of change in the atmosphere. Trees are going through transition periods, as are flowers and other, and other plants. And what that means for people like me who suffer from hay fever is that you can expect a lot of runny noses, sneezing and watering eyes, as our bodies overzealously react to all that pollen in the atmosphere. And if you're like one of the many people that suffer from hay fever or any other allergic response, you know what that feels like when your eyes start to water and your nose starts to run. What's going on in this situation is your body is trying to fight back what it thinks is an invasion of some kind of force. Your immune cells are working in overtime and they are releasing a chemical into your bloodstream called histamines. And that histamine actually is what causes the sneezing, the runny nose and other symptoms that you actually normally associate with an allergy. Now, it may not just be from hay fever you can get this response. You can also get it from more, more permanent allergies, say to dust or maybe to a pet hair or something like that. But in any case, the response is the same. And taking antihistamines, something in one of the many tablets for hay fever that you see advertised, all that's doing is countering your body's natural immune response, which is to produce this histamine into your bloodstream. But this is all really, really interesting or annoying if you're like me. But why is our body doing this? Obviously, it's trying to get rid of the foreign invader, which in this case it thinks is all the pollen. But there's something else going on here, which has been studied at the University of California, Irvine, where researchers were looking into the immune response, in particular, an important group of immune cells that actually help produce all that histamine, and see what on earth is their use, and why we have such a weird response to things sometimes, like pollen or other allergens. Now, typically, you have inside your lung and nose cells something called mast cells, and their primary role that they're most well known for is their job producing histamines in the case of an allergic response. They release the histamine chemical into the bloodstream, which as we talked about is what causes all the runny nose and other symptoms. Now it's interesting because when you take an antihistamine, often you actually block the annoying consequences of these mast cells activities. But what else are mast cells doing and do we actually want them to function? Now, in a study led by Danielle Piomelli, who is a PhD professor of anatomy and neurobiology at the University of California, Irvine's School of Medicine. Now, her team were looking into what exactly these mast cells are up to and if they're located in any other places. It turns out there are plenty of these mast cells, not just hanging out in your lungs and nose, but also in your gut. And where they're hanging out in the gut, they undertake a really, really important role. One that keeps you from devouring everything in sight or dealing with periods without food from five minutes to five hours to five days. Now, what's really, really interesting is these mast cells that live in your gut, well, they release the histamine like normal in response to some sort of trigger. 
but they don't release that to make you sneeze or have your eyes water like they do in your nose and lungs. No, no. This histamine gets sent down to your liver. And inside your liver, your body processes that and triggers the formation of what they call a fat-derived molecule. And this particular one is called oleothalonamide, or OEA. Now, researchers typically thought that OEA's main job was to block you from feeling hungry, which is a very important job because it helps send a signal to you know your body that, okay, we don't have food right now, but you can process that and move on to something else that you need to do, maybe like in order to get food. Now, what they identified is that histamine-triggered OEA formation in the liver also stimulates something very important called ketogenesis. Now, ketogenesis is a really important biological process, which involves the conversion of fatty acids released from all your fat stores in your body into chemicals called ketone bodies. And ketone bodies are pretty much essential to survival because they keep your brains and your muscles active, especially during a prolonged fast or a period without food or an intense physical exercise. So basically, when you're hungry, you can get this histamine released from cells, mast cells in your gut, sends a signal down to your liver, which produces this OEA, and then OEA sends out signals to all the fatty acids inside your body, which then can get triggered with ketogenesis to release the energy and perform the functions that your brain and muscles need them to do in order to either get more food or cope with the intense physical activity you're undertaking. So without mast cells and histamines or OEA, if you're doing a big hike, walking, um, running a marathon, large piece of physical activity or over a long period of time, or even just not eating for a long period of time, perhaps you're fasting for Ramadan or for other reasons, in the lead up to a surgery perhaps, or any period where you just don't have access to food immediately and need to spend a lot of energy. Histamine and the cells that produce that histamine in your body, the mast cells, are actually helping you stave off hunger and have the energy you need to achieve your goal. So these bad guys, what you think of, the ones that are causing those runny noses and that allergic response, sometimes they may be saving your life in those instances. And other times, they're also saving your life by giving you the energy you need and the ability to move past the hunger and get to your food source at the end of the day. So this is some great research by Danielle Pumeli and her team studying the actual way that histamines and mast cells help us survive and why they have evolved inside our bodies. Now, they're hopefully looking at ways to further use this to harness the power of mast cells to release histamine and trigger OEA to help with people with disorders like liver steatosis or liver fibrosis and cancer. Because again, histamine and mast cells inherently aren't necessarily bad. And perhaps we can use them for even more good than they're already doing in your body. So next time you start sneezing and having your eyes running and watering from histamines, remember that your body has evolved the ability to produce histamines for a lot of good reasons, and they are helping you out even if you can't immediately notice it. Now, we like our mast cells producing histamines in order to enable us to run marathons and stave off hunger when fasting, and that's great, but I still have all these runny nose and watery eyes, and that 
is problematic. So if I want relief from the severe symptoms of hay fever or allergic response, there are a couple of options available to me. I could have tablets for it that contain antihistamines. That's one so method. But if you have severe forms of allergic rhinitis, which is the scientific name for hay fever, there are a couple of other options out there, like vaccines. Now, there do exist vaccines out there on the market today, but unfortunately, they often involve lots and lots of injections and normally take three to five years to see any effectiveness. And that's because you have to have these regular injections in order to boost and boost and boost and change your body's responses. And it takes a long time to develop it. And the worst part is you get to the end of that three to five year period and you might not be cured at all. Now, what happens when most of the vaccines on the market at the moment for hay fever is that some people actually see full curing. They don't see any more effects. Others see some kind of partial mix where they just get fewer symptoms. But some people, after this three to five year journey, have no net benefit at all. Now, for example, for grass pollen allergy, you could take a oral lipophysylate for daily for three years to also develop uh, the better immune response to it. But none of these are really good outcomes. They're complicated vaccine processes to deliver and really only available to those who can afford it and afford the time and really the gamble because it's no guarantee to be effective. So in order to improve this, researchers from the University of Copenhagen's Faculty of Health and Medical Sciences have been coming up with an entirely new form of approach here. One that would be a faster response that doesn't involve lots and lots and lots of multiple injections, but can really deliver efficiently and quickly a better immune response to rhinitis or to hay fever. And they do this by using sugar to speed up the production of the antibodies that your body needs to help fight back. And all of this was recently published in the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology. So there's two real problems with the current methods. The first is that the current vaccine has a lot of room for optimization. Now, what happens is you want to make the treatments more effective so you don't take this vaccine for three years and end up having to do nothing at all. But you also want the, the treatment to be effective faster. You want it to develop quicker. And there's ways that researchers can do this. The goal of these researchers, and a senior author, Professor Hans Vander, outlines, the long-term goal was to reduce the treatment time by half while at the same time lowering the treatment dose. So that means less injections and also less time in order to get the same or better effect. And they did this by using sugar to basically create an artificial production of the protein inside your body. And this is what the vaccines are based on and make the protein development faster and more effective. And they do this by dosing them with sugar molecules. And sugar molecules are important because they can be used to make sure the allergen that you're trying to introduce into your cells so they get used to it and develop the immune response to it. They make the sugar molecules can take the allergen, in the case of this particular trial, Birch, they can deliver it to the right cells quickly and therefore improve the effectiveness of your body learning the immune response. Same time, the sugar molecule also does something else. It increases the activity of a whole bunch of different cells in the immune system, in particular T cells. 
So not only are you delivering the allergen to the learning site inside your immune system where it can understand, process, break it down, and improve its response, but you're also giving a sugar hit to your T cells to make them more effective. Now, this is a great bit of research that they trialed in mice trials and have found it to actually be pretty damn effective as a way of boosting. But there's further work to be done, as Assistant Professor Carolyn Benedictine Matheson, who has uh, headed the project, outlines. The next step is to test with more types of sugar molecules to increase the portfolio and hopefully identify more sugars, which can be used for different vaccines as part of a vaccine platform. Now, this vaccine needs to be developed a bit further before it can make its way to human trials. At the moment, mouse-based trials will have to suffice. But the idea of using an optimized sugar molecule as part of a vaccine method could help with vaccines against a whole number of different allergens and make a whole new type of vaccine platform. And that has a lot of benefit for people who are suffering from cancer or autoimmune disorders where improving the responsiveness of your immune system can be a matter of life and death. So this is some great work being done at the University of Copenhagen led by Carolyn Matheson involving a large team of researchers from the Faculty of Health and Medical Sciences at UC. Now, the joke often goes that if you're traveling to a country you've never been to before, or perhaps a country traveling off the beaten path, then you may end up finding yourself having to visit the bathroom an awful amount. Now, that might be because you've picked up a pathogenic form of bacteria like E. coli, Shigella, or Campylobacter trigeni that can cause diarrhea. Traveler's diarrhea in particular, or a bacterial infection of diarrhea, is a pretty serious problem, and not just for those who like to go on a bit of a jaunt across the world. It's a serious issue, especially in infants and children uh, in developing countries across the world. Now, unfortunately, there is no actual really good vaccine that exists out there for these common but devastating pathogens that kill more than 100,000 children living in developing countries each year. So what can you do about it to tackle this very serious problem? and develop an actual treatment that once delivered once through a vaccine can remain effective for a long period of time. Well, some work from the University of Guelph, led by Professor Mario Montieri, has been published in the journal Vaccine. And inside this, they outline an approach that uses a one, two, three punch to basically take out the three most common forms of bacterial diarrhea. And they do it in a pretty novel and interesting way. It takes protein from pathogenic E. coli and pairs it together and ties it effectively with sugars from the Shigella and Campylobacter trigeni bacteria. And by doing so, you can actually create a pretty interesting vaccine. It's actually a lot more successful than Professor Mario Montieri's previous work in a single targeted Campylobacter vaccine that he also developed. Now, in tests done on mice trials, the vaccine provided an immunity against then all three pathogens that were tied together as part of this vaccine. 
And that makes it incredibly effective. Instead of having to give one vaccine that will prevent against one form of bacterial infection, you could now have one that does multiple. So instead of three shots, you only need one. And that's a great way to target three pathogens that have the same outcome in the one actual treatment. And unfortunately, though, for all of these things, we're still a decade at least away from human trials and actual products out on the market. But these are the only real trials that are being undertaken for a vaccine against one of the most common killers of children in developing countries, which is bacterial diarrhea infections and the ending results from that. So this is some great work being done by Professor Mario Montieri and postdoctoral student Zakmar and graduate students Brittany Petigant, Amano Mari, and along with US Navy researchers to try and develop a way to actually target and remove the effects of not one, not two, but three different pathogenic bacterial infections. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. This is what you found out about hay fever treatments and what is histamines are helping our body do, plus new ways to tackle bacterial infections of diarrhea. Our ending theme was composed by Audio and Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.